are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday and a good bit of stuff to talk about. We've got some updates to the coaching staff, Mike D'Antoni. I'm going to let you know exactly how he's going to fit in with this team, plus why don't free agents want to come to New Orleans? They kind of struck out in free agency. We talked about how this offseason could be a disaster and set them up for a bad offseason next year, too. But why exactly aren't they the most appealing destination? We'll dive into that in the second segment of today's show. And then winners and losers from free agency in the Western Conference and how that impacts the Pelicans. Why does this matter to you, what, what the Spurs do and these other teams do? So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans, also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. So let's start off with the biggest news. The Pelicans have announced their assistant coaching staff with additions of Jaron Collins and Mike D'Antoni. Jaron Collins is going to be an actual assistant, and we'll get into him in a second here. But Mike D'Antoni's kind of the big name, the kind of sexy name here, right? Seven seconds or less sons. He's coached the uh, Houston Rockets to a lot of success, too. He's been the head coach of the Knicks, the Lakers. He's got a lot of success. He's with Brooklyn last year, too. This is a guy who's kind of been around the block, coached some of the best offensives offenses in the league, and coached some of the best offensive players in the league. What's he going to bring to New Orleans? Well, let's, let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit. He's a coaching assistant, not an assistant coach. There's a big difference between those two things. What it sounds like is he's going to be around the team at the start of the year. In Summer League, where they're all headed now, and we'll eventually get to a show on Summer League, we're also going to see him around training camp this offseason, too, just kind of working with the team, providing feedback, probably going through offensive concepts that maybe they want to integrate and start to run next season. I don't think he's going to be around a ton during the regular season, though maybe he makes an appearance here and there, but you're not going to see him necessarily on the bench or anything like that. You might see him at times at a game, but not necessarily going to be on the front of the bench, the back of the bench, or anything like that. I think he's a little bit older, and if he wants to be a head coach again, he'll do it. But at the same point, I think he also maybe kind of wants to get away from this a little bit and kind of lose some of the grind at this point of his life. And so I don't think you'll see him kind of doing a lot of the day-to-day stuff. This is more, hey, this dude's really good at offense. Let's pick his brain and get him in the building and really have him focus on what we can do with Zion Williamson. It was similar to Chris Finch coming over, right, and kind of tailoring this offense around a guy like Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis and seeing what he's done with Zion Williamson as well. It's only a good thing to get more smart people in the building, in the room, and certainly adding Mike D'Antoni accomplishes that. But it's not like he's there kind of gunning to replace Willie Green or anything like that. The other addition to the Pelicans bench, and this is the associate head coach, is Jaron Collins. Collins, it's his first season here after being with the Golden State Warriors the past seven seasons, where he's learned under Steve Kerr, has helped guide that team to five consecutive NBA finals and three NBA championships. 
He worked with Willie Green. This is a guy that Willie Green clearly trusts and feels really comfortable working with, sees him as maybe a bit of an up-and-coming you know, coach as well. So to elevate him to the associate head coach role, this makes a lot of sense to me because the other coaches on the staff are existing people. There's Casey Hill, there's Fred Vinson, and Teresa Witherspoon. You also have player development coaches, Corey Brewer, Darnell Lazar, Bino Udry. Those are all... Stan, uh, not Stan Van Gundy guys. Sorry, they're all David Griffin guys. You know, as much as they're going to be loyal to Willie Green and work well with Willie Green, he probably wants to bring in at least one person that's just kind of his guy, his dude, right? That is, is more loyal to Willie Green than maybe the organization. It probably helps him ease in. It's a guy he's probably going to trust a whole lot more, at least in the beginning, than maybe some of these other coaches. Though we saw pictures of Willie Green and Fred Vinson waiting to get on a flight to go to Summer League. So it doesn't surprise me that he does it. It's also a guy who played in the league for 10 seasons. And bringing in another player like that doesn't shock me. We've seen how important that is. Jaron Collins played in the NBA from 01-02 to 2010-2011, mainly with Utah, but also a year um, and spent some time with Phoenix, the Clippers, and Portland. He's not an amazing NBA player. He's just kind of a journeyman role player who got some spot starts. You know, but he stuck around the league for a really long time. Pelicans need more guys like that, right? Like guys who want to stick around the league and outplay their contracts and are just solid NBA players. Because as we've seen, we're going to talk about it coming up here next. They don't attract big name free agents. So you need these kind of guys. So him being one of them who knows how to stay in the NBA and be productive as a role player, as kind of that end of bench guy. I like that playing experience, you know, being able to connect with these players very easily because of that is clearly something that's in high demand and very clearly something that was massively important to the Pelicans. And we've seen it throughout these more successful teams the past couple of years. So that prior playing experience hugely important. So I like the addition of Jaron Collins. Look, it's also great that you've got Fred Vinson, who's still here, by the way, his 12th season as an assistant coach in New Orleans. Everyone loves Teresa Witherspoon. You're going to see both of their profiles kind of elevate a little bit more. Fred Vinson interviewed for this job, which was nice that they did that and supposedly went very well too. You know, he likes being here, clearly. He's a great shot doctor too. So overall, I like the coaching staff. Guys and ladies, people, we should say, that this team trusts, that the players trust and have good relationships with and hopefully Willie Green is the head coach that ties it all together and he's going to do he's going to need to do more work than maybe he anticipated doing off of the bat because well you know what this offseason isn't going the way that the Pelicans wanted not getting the big names that they wanted in free agency that they made runs at so we'll get into all of that and why they kind of failed in this coming up here next in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Look, there's so many different types of cars out there. They're all kind of built differently coming from brand to brand. If you need car parts, it's tough for a chain store to stock all those parts that you want. And you've got to keep your car running. It's really, really important. And good luck taking it into a mechanic right now. It's going to take you a while. So if you're doing the work yourself, you may as well save even more money on auto parts. And you can do that by using rockauto.com. Save time and money because their website is ridiculously easy to use. 
You're not going to go in. You're not going to wait in line. You're not going to speak to someone while they have to like look through the stuff and those computer systems there, man, take forever to load anything, right? You just go on rockauto.com, find all the auto parts and uh, available for your car or truck. And it's like a couple easy clicks. Plus, you're going to save a ton of money, 30, 50% sometimes for the exact same parts that you'd get at a chain store if they even have that in stock. So go explore their super easy to use website. And in the how did you hear about us box, tell, write locked on so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Okay, so free agency didn't go too well to, for New Orleans here, at least right now. When I'm recording this, that's kind of the caveat, right? And if you haven't listened to yesterday's show, go listen to yesterday's show. Seriously, pause this. Go listen to that one about the missing piece for the Pelicans offseason, how we arrived at this point, and why it looks incomplete right now. I don't know if it's going to come together. I hope it comes together. But I also have a list of some of the names out there that are probably targets for the Pelicans. Has one already been done? We'll find out very, very soon on that front. So go listen to that if you haven't, because it kind of makes this offseason make sense, I guess, is the best way to put it. So they struck out. The Pelicans have struck out. I think they thought maybe this was a more appealing situation than it actually was. And look, we've heard reports, and, and well, we've heard reports that they made a run at Chris Paul. Three years, $100 million. That's technically more money than the Phoenix Suns offered him. And he said no. We heard they made a run at Tim Hardaway Jr., offered him $18 million more than the Dallas Mavericks offered him, both four-year deals. It's not great. They went after Kyle Lowry, and they failed at that too. So clearly this wasn't a great offseason. Look, and I said it in yesterday's show, like Norm Powell didn't want to sign here. Spencer Dinwiddie didn't want to come here. Maybe they made runs at those guys too. We've heard all of that, right? And none, no one's here other than Devontae Graham, a restricted free agent that they had to trade a first-round pick for. That's not great. I don't necessarily believe all of those rumors to a certain degree, right? You know, you could easily see the Pelicans just kind of throwing that out there to make themselves look a little bit better, but they didn't actually go after Chris Paul. Or maybe it's Tim Hardaway Jr.'s agent putting out there that, oh, I could have gotten him more money, but he wanted to take less to stay here, but I did my job really well, right? Or maybe it was Chris Paul's agent putting that out, being like, I could have gotten him a higher payday. So take all of that stuff with a grain of salt. But look, they didn't end up with anyone. So clearly something went wrong here. So what what is it, Right. I love living in New Orleans. I've lived here since 2004. You, pr- If you don't live in New Orleans, you probably love coming to visit New Orleans, right? And look, NBA players aren't worried about the crime in the city or anything like that. All of the reasons why people get frustrated with a city like New Orleans and, you know, the crumbling infrastructure, the flooding and all that, like, that doesn't impact their lives in the damn slightest. So that's not the reason why. So, like, what is it? It's It's a couple of things. One, part. so there's two parts to it. One has to do with the city. One also has to do with the franchise. Let's start with the city stuff first. Look, if you, I love living in New Orleans. I love dive bars. I like going to Crescent Park, which is right by my home. I like being able to ride bikes around and doing all of that. I like cheap drinks. Um, but you know what? I don't think an NBA player cares about that. They kind of want... For, for the most part, some people are built a little bit different like Brandon Ingram, okay? But by and large, they want to go to clubs. You don't really have that here in the same scale that you do Miami, New York, Los Angeles, even probably San Francisco and the Bay Area to a certain degree. It's not 
a remotely same kind of nightclub scene and, you know, clubbing scene and nightlife scene overall. So while it might appeal to you and I, is it going to appeal to a 23 year old black athlete? Probably not. And it's cool. I don't need them coming to the dive bars that I go to. I don't think they'd want to. I wouldn't invite them. They probably don't want to go. It's fine that they think differently than you and I, but the city probably just doesn't have some of what they want. Look, it's also a much smaller city. Dallas, we could probably throw into the mix with some of this too, maybe even Houston to a degree. I mean this in the nicest possible way, but you know, we, we, I saw the report of Zion sliding into some Instagram models DMs. You're going to have a way bigger pool of that in New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Dallas than you do here. I think that matters. Like I actually think that stuff matters. Yes. There's some of the tax stuff in Texas and Florida, by and large, that's not the biggest deal. It's all of the other ancillary stuff for kind of the quality of life that they want, but where they're living, they're not worried about crime. They're not worried about flooding because they can get around pretty easily and it's not a big deal. They don't have a commute on a day-to-day like you and I do. But it's just all of that other stuff that doesn't really add up to what they're looking for when you can get that in LA. But the other part of it is too, this isn't a winning organization. What's the appeal to come here over the Lakers? Just on basketball court stuff. You're going to win if you go to LA. And you're probably going to make more money by winning in LA because your next deal is going to look even more appealing for you. You go there and you play with LeBron James, you win a title. You got that LeBron James in title shine coming off of you. You're going to earn more money. Kendrick Nunn is going to earn more money on his next contract because he played in LA and they did well there. And even if he wasn't amazing, it's going to kind of have this influence on his next contract. You're not going to get that here in New Orleans. You know, they're going to, you have free agents looking at this and This team hasn't even made the playoffs in 50% of the seasons they've existed as a franchise. You look at it here, look at Kyle Lowry goes, oh, I could get more money by going to New Orleans, or I can get pretty similar money, go to the Miami Heat and get them back into the NBA Finals. Or I could go to New Orleans, and if I elevate them, say, to the same level that I elevate the Heat, they just get into the playoffs barely. It's a no-brainer for a lot of these players. If you want to start signing big name free agents and big free agents that can help you, you need to win first without them. It's kind of like success begets success to a certain degree, I think. Till you start winning and prove you're an appealing organization that's well run to go to, they're not going to do it. That's why free agents will sign with the Bucks. They're a well-run organization. If Even if you think David Griffin's amazing at this, right? The Pelicans don't have that track record. They don't have that... Um, reputation right now, whether that's fair or unfair. And that's what's keeping people away from it. They could probably deal with a smaller pool of like Instagram people to go after if this team was winning. But man, you throw all of that together. No, it's not an appealing destination and it's not a free agent destination. And you do also have to wonder, did the JJ Reddick stuff play into this with a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr.? Was JJ Reddick in his ear about the David Griffin situation at the trade deadline? I don't know. But all of that kind of matters. And right now it's not looking great for the Pelicans in free agency when they made runs at these guys and everyone's like, nah, we don't want your money. They couldn't like give this money away, basically. That's not a good position to be in. They're going to need to figure this out. And look, maybe David Griffin in the front office made a miscalculation about this. They shouldn't have. You should kind of know this, right? 
but it also means going forward, they're going to need to know what to do. And they better have learned the lessons from this free agent period, even if it's a hard lesson to learn, if they want to try and improve this team and make them a viable contender so that in the future, you can sign those free agents when you have cap space form. Because right now, look, they're set up to have tons of room next season. Is that going to matter? No, like not, not, not at all. So that's not a great position for the Pelicans to be in. So we'll see. Look, there's more time, you know, on Monday or so, we're going to really start to evaluate this franchise and be like, whoa, they completely misjudged things. And this was a disastrous free agency period. Or, hey, look, they had this move lined up and it ended up being pretty good for them. We'll find that more out probably by the end of the week. So we'll get into coming up here next on Lockdown Pelicans, winners and losers of free agency, but in the Western Conference. And so that it impacts the Pelicans a little bit more. Let's take a look at kind of how the West is shaped out a little bit. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Uh, you got baseball season in full swing is the main sport out there right now, plus the Olympics for a little bit longer. So if you want to make those more interesting, you can do it over at betonline.ag. Plus, if you're feeling good about Summer League for the Pelicans, we'll do a Summer League show. Or you're starting to think about the futures and you're like, this team's definitely a playoff team or not. You can do it all over at betonline.ag, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So free agency is winding down to a certain degree. We've seen a lot of moves get made. The big names are kind of off the market for the most part. There's one or two intriguing things out there, but they're not particularly great. Um, so we can start to kind of evaluate this period. And I wanted to take a look at the Western Conference to see who got better and who got worse. Who are the winners and losers of free agency? And as I, I was like, oh, there'll be some interesting things here. I can throw out some like hot takes and stuff like that. And I looked at this and it's kind of like the status quo. It's kind of interesting when you kind of, we'll go through each team. You get the Utah Jazz, who right now like largely stayed the same, probably gotten a little bit better right now. Dumped favors, added some other guys that are useful vets. You got Phoenix, who re-signed Chris Paul. They re-signed Campaign. They added JaVale McGee in a deal that I actually really like for them. You know, they're they're kind of there, right? They were the, the two seed. Um, you have Denver, who's largely stayed the same. They're losing Paul Millsap, but they've kept some of their key guys. The Clippers are going to re-sign Kawhi Leonard. There's not a whole lot they can do. They could potentially drop a little bit, depending on what happens with Reggie Jackson, who may end up in New Orleans. But they're still going to be there. They got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like, it, the other stuff doesn't matter. You have Dallas, who's the five seed that's, like, largely kind of stood the same. They've missed out on any of the real big names they want, but they kind of signed some other things. The other key is Portland, right? They were the six seed, 42 and 30. Same record as the Dallas Mavericks. They've stayed the same. They lost Carmelo Anthony. They probably get a little bit worse, but unless they really blow it up and move C.J. McCollum or do something else... They're still, you know, in that play in tournament range, right? Then you've got the Lakers who clearly improved themselves, but they were already going to be ahead of the Pelicans. The Memphis Grizzlies might have gotten a little bit worse, but they're about on the same level as the Pels. The Golden State Warriors are just going to be healthy, which vaults them up significantly next year. So mostly of the 10 teams that were, were involved in all of this, nine of them are going to be the same for the most part, right? And it puts the Pelicans in a weird spot because you would have hoped one of those teams would have dropped. And I don't think any of them did significantly, maybe minorly, but not necessarily behind the Pelicans. Maybe maybe Memphis, you'd hope 
Depends on what happens with Portland and Damian Lillard and all of that, of course, too. But for the most part, those are kind of the same. That's not like a great, great spot for the Pels to be in. A team ahead of them in the San Antonio Spurs, I do think, got very much worse. They're going to drop losing DeMar DeRozan. They overpaid for Doug McDermott. They did not have a good offseason whatsoever. So the Pelicans jumped them, I think, which puts the Pelicans kind of in play-in tournament territory as of right now. But what about the other teams there? The Sacramento Kings should improve a little bit, I think. They re-signed Rashawn Holmes. That was kind of the big, big thing for them. And haven't done a ton else in free agency, but they could potentially swing a move for Ben Simmons if they build a package around De'Aaron Fox. Simmons and a bunch of shooters is kind of an intriguing idea to me. But as of right now, yeah, they're probably behind the Pelicans. Also, I just don't trust the Kings. So they kind of stood pat. So did the Minnesota Timberwolves. But the Timberwolves are an interesting one because as bad as they were last year, they're pretty injured. Carl Anthony Towns out for a bunch. D'Angelo Russell out for a bunch. If they're healthy, how much better are they? Which probably gets them close to the playing tournament level that the Pels are on. OKC is going to be bad. And so will Houston next year. And that's about it. The Western Conference feels like they just stayed the same. I don't think they got, in terms of free agent additions and off-season moves being made, we're not going to factor health into this. There doesn't seem to be like a clear riser, like maybe the Chicago Bulls are trying to be in the Eastern Conference. For the most part, it's just kind of like the same. These standings, if I looked at them next year and they were exact same, minus maybe the Spurs trading places with the Pelicans, I'd kind of buy it, right? This is very early before we've seen anything or really thought about a whole ton of stuff. And there's probably something I'm missing in there. But it's interesting to think about. I was like, oh, well, I have a big swing. And like, no, we don't. It's kind of largely the same, which I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The Pelicans are going to need to take a leap. And if they're not going to get it in free agency, it needs to be growth internally. And that's tough to rely on because it's going to need to be on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if I see a guy like Brandon Ingram making that huge jump. We'll see. Um, maybe Devonte Graham is a missing piece offensively, but look, his numbers are similar to Lonzo. So he might be cheaper, but he replaces him. And I don't know if the production is going to be that much higher. So is it going to be Willie Green that really elevates this team? We'll start to get a kind of look at this in summer league coming up soon. And there's Trey Murphy. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him, uh, hopefully tomorrow with a special guest. If not, we'll do it next week. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. This uh, one more show to go before the end of a very busy week. Big thank you to everyone who has subscribed on YouTube. By the way, we're almost at a thousand subscribers, which is wild to me how quickly that's gone. The support has been wonderful. The show's been setting records both on YouTube and in terms of podcast form for itself. That's really great. Don't let anyone ever tell you this is only a football city, only a, uh, you know, not a basketball town. Clearly you all care about the Pelicans and it's been a lot of fun and gives me motivation to do the best show out there every single day for you. So please support the show by subscribing both on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can take the 30 seconds to leave a five-star review, it's wonderful. I don't ask for much. I'm not asking for money or anything like that. Just giving you free content five days a week. Take that 30 seconds to leave a review does make a bigger deal and a big difference more so than you know. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.